Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I am right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get into it, a reminder that all the products we mention are always on our website, forever 35 Podcast. Dot com. We have a voicemail, 781-591-0390, where you can leave us messages that we might play on the show. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And we have a very active Facebook group and community, and you can find out all about that on facebook.com slash groups slash forever35podcast. The password to join the group is Serums. There are so many spinoffs. It's the place to be. <laughs> It is indeed the place to be. Be Um, there or be square, everybody. (laughs) And if you like the show, we sure do appreciate a review, a rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, Tell a friend. That's always welcome as well. 
And we're on Instagram at Forever35Podcast and on Twitter at Forever35Pod. Whew. Whew. Mm. There we go. Kate. <laughs> mm. 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 Greetings. I love what you wrote here. You do? In our, in our little prep document. You said, okay. I've gone all in on my sleep hygiene. Those words are, are, are music to my ears. Well, you know, I wrote this document before I went to bed last night. And then last night was just in party with me and insomnia. Just a sexy dance between the two of us. But it was okay. I, I figured it out. Um, I worked through it. I would say insomnia is probably not the... Maybe it is the right term. Um, but just... I am. I I have had a really hard time falling asleep. I could not do it last night. I did all my little things that I tried, but then finally, and I've mentioned this on a recent episode of Here for You, but I gotta mention it again. A listener recommended something called Good Day Chocolate Sleep Supplement, candy coated pieces with one milligram of melatonin per piece. Now I got some in a grocery order. Mm-hmm. I should tell you, Dory. Yes. I ordered it. Um, I had done like a Whole Foods pickup order. Okay. And I put this on my list thinking it would be like a big bottle of vitamins. It is eight pieces of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so tiny. It's literally like the size of an, uh, like a little cardboard box, the size of an eraser that you get in elementary school. It's a very small. Wow. There are eight pieces of chocolate. And I've already I had two of them last night. So like, you know. Whoops. And I just dropped one on my desk. Um, so just FYI, I don't know. I, I need to do a little more research on it if I can acquire more. But they are basically giant chocolatey M&M like candies that have melatonin in them. And um, at 1.30 last night, I took two of them and that did help me tr- transition into sleeping. Okay. Do you know? Do you know why you weren't able to fall asleep last night? Okay. As I confessed to you... <laughs> Already pre-recording, I was doing the thing where I looked at my phone late. Yeah. And I regret it. I deeply regret it. Um, so let me, let me, can I, may I fill listeners in on kind of just what I'm, please. what I, the steps I am taking? Yes, please. I would like nothing so more. We have talked about sleep hygiene a lot on Forever 35 and, um, I have always found it to be a struggle and I've had sleep issues in the past and they go hand in hand with my anxiety. So I, it's pretty clear to me that this is pandemic related insomnia and stress. Like I I know what it is and I do feel very fortunate that like, while I do have to wake up and work and take care of my family, um, it's not like I have to wake up and be at an office at eight o'clock. So because when I when I used to get this kind of sleep insomnia, I'd have to used to have to be at work at eight, and it would be this kind of like all night panic about it. Mm-hmm. So so that is that is very lucky for me. I feel like right now that is that does help, but um, I'm trying to figure out ways in which to not um, trigger this kind of bedtime sleep anxiety. So the one thing I need to do that I think really helps is get off my phone about an hour before I plan on falling asleep. Okay. And that is hard for me, Dory, because like when I go to wash my face, I bring my phone. Okay. Do you do this? Do you do that? No, I put my phone away before I start my whole bedtime routine. I mean, my brain, it's like, I want to be looking at Facebook while I'm washing my face. Like that's... So what I do, 
here's what I do. And like, you can, you're welcome to do this or not do this. I don't care. <laughs> um, like if I'm, if I'm doing something in the living room, like say watching TV, I will finish watching TV. I'll take like one last look at my phone and then I'll plug my phone in, in the kitchen. And then like, I'm done with the phone for the night. Ooh. And I go into my bedroom, I change into my pajamas, or maybe I'm already in my pajamas. I do my whole, you know, wash my face, put on my serums, my lotions, I brush my teeth, floss, etc. I do my yoga toes, I write in my journal. Um, I'll usually read on my Kindle for a little bit. Um, last night I was on my iPad looking for something that I will talk about in a little bit. Um, but I try, I try to stay off my iPad because then I get, then it's like tempting to look at news websites and I don't want to be doing that. Um, and then I usually get so tired. I, I often fall asleep while reading. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds amazing. Like lights on Kindle in hand. And then I'll like jerk up. I'll be like, oh, 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 okay. And then I'll like put the Kindle away, turn out the light and like really go to sleep. I feel like that's how you know that you've hit middle age because I do that too. And I feel like that I would watch my parents do that and be like, they are so weird. Like I go (laughs) peek in their bedroom and they'd both be like asleep with the lights on with books on their chest. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) You know, but like. Now we're there and it feels good. And like you get why you just kind of like close your eyes mid book. Yes. Yes. I, I have, I've had that experience in my better sleep days. Um, and I, and I, I really admire that you are so consistent with that. that it, and not that just that it works for you, but that like you, so much of it is forming the habit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and you've done that. And you've done that as long as this podcast has been in, in existence even before, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, as discussed on this podcast, I have had to be consistent um, because of my sleep disorder. And even though I still get night terrors, having a consistent sleep routine does help. So did you talk to anyone like did someone guide you through figuring out a sleep routine in terms of dealing with your sleep disorder? Or there's is this just lot, kind of something? There's a lot of articles about it um, that I consulted <laughs> Um, it's also partly why like, and Matt, Matt and I are at odds about this. I like to have my bedroom be a cave. Like I like it pitch dark, preferably like blackout curtains, no light getting in quiet as a tomb. And he (laughs) likes to like, he likes to wake up with the natural light, Ooh, which means that there's like light seepage all the time. (laughs) and i so yeah so so that's been that's often been a a source of conflict but like ultimately i think the person with the sleep disorder wins out amen (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um but yeah like some of the and i like i've talked about this before but like going to sleep at a consistent time every night is also very important yeah yeah having that wind down period is important um earplugs eye mask like do you do earplugs at night i do okay okay do you have a certain brand of earplug that you like or is it just kind of like a generic drugstore earplug it's a generic drugstore earplug i believe the ones i have right now are from walgreens great shout out to walgreens shout out to walgreens um i 
so I I don't know. I like a very loud white noise at yeah. night. Um, oh, right, and I right, have a white, right. Yes. Yes. And I love uh, the variety of white noise machines I have cranking up all over my house. Um, I have fa- been finding melatonin to be very useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well as reading and journaling at night, that does really kind of help me wind down. It's the transition from phone to non-phone that has been really hard. And maybe I need to move my phone out of the bedroom completely. I've been leaving it on my desk, which is in my bedroom. And as you mentioned, you like when we were talking about this previously, you were like, I think work needs to be kept out of the bedroom. But right now my workspace is literally 24 inches from my bed. That's very like, hard. Right now I'm sitting at my desk and I can reach behind me and touch my bed. So that is that is a little tricky. Like I will look at my computer and I'll think of something I haven't done like for the podcast and I'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. just do this one and I'll like flip it open mm-hmm. and do it. So so that's that's hard for me, too. So I need to kind of start figuring that out. Um, but I will say I have been wearing an eye mask a lot more. And not only is it helpful in filtering the light, there's something about like the pressure of it that is comforting. Mm. Do you ex- do you experience that like the just That's like the tender caress of an eye pillow against my face? I'm finding very soothing. That's very interesting. Did you ever solve your eye pillow conundrum, Dory? So I'm going to talk about this on a later episode. Okay, okay. So pause this topic. Pause this topic. I have gone back to wearing an eye mask. Okay, I I have one that I've been wearing for a while, but I just ordered a new one from Lunia. I have been I have been eyeing the Lunia one. It is so my, very pretty. It's pretty. My best friend uses it and loves it, so I finally got it because the one I currently have is like there's a little seepage. Seepage mm. is a word I now want to say every two seconds. Seepage. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's like an official word, but it like makes sense, right? Yeah, there's seepage. Like you don't want there's seepage. There's seepage. Oh my god, what a word! I've never said that word more than like once in my life. Seepage. Seepage. Yes. (laughs) Um, I will also say, like, in terms of kind of self care practices, also with sleep, keeping my space clean, like my bedroom, helps me feel like soothed in it. Yeah, and I'm I'm very messy, and so. It is very hard for me to keep my space clean. Like, yeah, I'm looking at a yet another basket of laundry and a pile of books. And uh-huh. so I do think that does help you f- feel like your space is calm. Kate, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to touch on this later in the episode in our sec- in our intentions, in the intentions zone. <laughs> yes. But yes, I agree with you. I will touch on this later. I'm not going to touch okay. on it now. Well, I I do want to mention Dory and then I and then I will shut my pie hole. Um, seed seed the floor as it were. Uh, yes, <laughs> I I have been listening to Marissa Meltzer's new book This Is Big. I am dying to read this book. I am dying. loving it. Loving it, loving it, loving it. I sent her a rando Instagram DM. We do not know each other nor do like have we ever communicated and I was like I'm loving your book. I'm loving it. I'm listening to the audiobook um, because it is part memoir about her own experiences with disordered eating and body image and dieting and body dysmorphia and self-esteem. And and so it kind of flips back and forth between her own reflection on her 
relationship to dieting. And then a uh, fascinating biography of Gene Nidich, who founded Weight Watchers. Mm-hmm. And I have a very, I have a very personally fraught relationship with Weight Watchers myself. And so it is just incredible. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving the audiobook. Um, I wanted to just give it a big recommendation. And she's also a past guest on G Thanks Just Bought It, the podcast yes. we produce, hosted by Caroline Moss. And um, that's just a great episode. So if you want you want a taste, I would recommend that episode. But Dory, it's so it's a really great book. It's great. And I, I feel very seen. It also like because she's about our age, she reflects like her experiences dieting as a teen is coming up in the world of like the non-fat 90s that we've talked about before. Yes, of, like, yes, yes. Snack wells snack and wells. diarrhea, potato chips and everything mm-hmm. else. And so it's you know that that part is also very um i feel very i I can see my i see my past self in it a lot and it's 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 an intense read but it's really lovely yeah i think she and i are almost exactly the same age so yes like a lot of that resonates for sure yeah recommend anyway my friend yes take me into your life we have not seen each other in over two months irl I know. I saw you on a Zoom the other day. Your hair is long and luxurious. So is yours, my friend. That's true. We both have manes. <laughs> we do. We really do. So what have you been doing this week in terms of your self-care realm? Well, Kate, I bought two 11-peg acrylic necklace wall racks from the container store. They are currently on sale for $8.24. The regular price is $10.99. They are life-changing. Just going to put it out there. I Here's my issue. I have, some, I have some really good wall space in my bathroom slash changing area, but not a ton of counter space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I haven't really, I hadn't really unpacked my jewelry, which I should also just say is like, mostly costume jewelry i don't have i don't have fancy jewelry but like i didn't i didn't have anywhere to put my my made well necklaces um and i found these wall racks at the container store and they're awesome so if you're looking for a good way to store jewelry or really like anything else small that needs to be hung these are these are what you want and i can't wear earrings so all of my jewelry is hanging jewelry because it's necklaces Wait, bracelets and rings why can't you wear earrings are you allergic to earrings yes you, so you have your ears pierced have i not have i never told you this story i don't think so i'm trying to rack my brain to see if i know what you're why not but i okay. don't know if i do kate picture it it's yeah. the early 90s <laughs> okay i'm there Everyone cool has multiple ear piercings. Of course we do. I wanted to get, I wanted to go for three holes in my left ear and two in my right. That was my, that was what I was working up to. Did you have any at this point of the story? Yes. So I got my ears pierced for the first time in, I was, I think it was the summer after fifth grade. So I was 11. And I, ha- I had a traumatic experience then because I got these really small gold balls and one of them went into my ear. So I had to oh, get no. it like my, my friend's mom, who was a nurse, had to like come over and like yank it out of my ear. And so that was kind of traumatic. But like it healed. Everything was fine. And then like three year, three or four years later, probably three years later, I got the second holes 
in both ears. So now I have two, I have two holes in both ears working up, you know, working up to the third. And that's when like all hell broke loose and my ears got like, everything got so infected. I was like, I was at summer camp. I was at sleepaway camp. I had to go like, they had to take me to a doctor, like off camp an off camp doctor. Oh, Um, you know, it stuff is real when you have to go to an off camp doctor. So I had to go on antibiotics. Like it was just like an infected mess. And the doctor was like, you really should not be wearing earrings. So I let my holes close up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And have you ever, and you've never worn earrings since? I have not. Do you ever wear like a clip on? Yeah. Mm hmm. Clip ons are not the best. Like they're, they, they kind of hurt. Yeah. That's what my grandmother wore. And, and then she would like give me her rejects and when I was a child and they did not feel good. No, they either like, like constant pinching. Yeah. They either fall off or they're really pinching you because they stay on. <laughs> um, and like you can't get any of like the cool like delicate little bars that people wear or mm-hmm. you know little hoops like those don't come in clip on. So no, it's like giant big flowers. Yes, exactly. So you know I don't know. I would love to be able to wear earrings. I think earrings are so pretty, um, but I've just sort of accepted my lot in life. You know, I have. I mean, to be fair, I have never. Um, never even noticed whether or not you have earrings on like i don't even yeah i've never i've never studied your lobes <laughs> um so anyway so i don't have earrings so earring storage is not a concern for me <laughs> that's fair you know what you're saving yourself a, a lot of grief over storing like i just dump things all over the place i don't even have a good storage system so good work well thank you so much so now I'm looking for the perfect hanging wall shelf wall unit for some makeup and skincare products because right now I have them mm. in organizers on my countertop, but it's like it's kind of disorganized and I just need more space. So I'm scoping some stuff out and I'll link to the one that the best one for my purposes seems to be only available on Amazon. Um, it's $25 for a two pack of these like small acrylic shelves. So I'll link to those too. I am intrigued. And you know, I would love to circle back to like a prod storage convo because I have not, you know, I had like a spinning unit at mm-hmm. one point. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you might recall that, but I had to toss that. I can't, I don't have a system. So, I, it's just it's overflow. Over yeah, there's here. a lot of overflow. I have a small spinny thing that I keep some prods in, but not everything. Like, I think I keep most of my lipsticks in the small spinny thing. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, also, before we take a short break, uh, someone who I assume is a listener, actually, I don't actually know. Now that I think about it, I don't actually know if she's a listener. Um, when I was doing my paint by numbers <laughs> of the desert scene, I don't know if you recall that a couple weeks ago. Of course I do. Okay. Um, I was chronicling my progress on Instagram and a listener DM'd me and said that I should, when I do another one, I should auction it off for charity. And I was thinking an like I could do an auction 
but maybe it would be better to do like a giveaway where you have to like donate $5. Like if you donate $5 to this, to whatever charity I choose, then you get an entry. I don't know. Is that something people would want? (laughs) This is for a work of art painted by you. Correct. And what it would be is um, a picture. It's a painting of, of RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to enter. I'm going to enter. That is my next paint by numbers project. All right. Well, if you'll enter, then I know I have at least one entry. So I think I will enter. I think I'm going to win a. Yeah. If you paint a picture of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I will make a donation to enter to win it. Great. Fabulous. Done. (laughs) What is the but what is the organization that we will be that you'll be supporting? Do you know yet? So I was thinking maybe the Downtown Women's Center here in Los Angeles. Love. Yeah, they're great. They're just like a great organization. Um, I've personally donated money, money to them before. They called me the other day to like check in um, and tell me about like how they were dealing with COVID stuff. And I just think they're like a really great organization. And they 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 don't just like serve meals or, you know, give clothes like they're really kind of a full service organization that helps women like get jobs and do all kinds of things so i know it's a local thing so maybe someone in like boston is like well who cares about los angeles but hey you know what i care yeah i I care too (laughs) and we love here we love this we do we do all right cool well you know it sounds like you're on board so i'll I'll do this i'm on board i'm ready to enter so sign me up how big is the painting i just need to know where i'm gonna put it Uh I think it's eight and a half by 11. It's pretty small. Cute. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Great. Great. Done. Done and done. Um, And one more thing before we take a break. We are changing things up over here schedule wise. We already talked about this on here for you, but we want to mention it on the main show as well. We are going to be stopping here for you as a separate pod as of next Friday, May 29th. That will be the last episode. And after that, we are going to add an episode to Forever 35. So there will be one kind of full-length episode, exactly the same as what we do now. That's the one you're listening to. And then we're going to do two mini episodes that are a little more here-for-you style. And those will be on Mondays and Fridays. And the full-length episodes will be on Wednesdays. So... Just look out for that <laughs> coming up. Can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah, I am too. I think it'll be fun. Um, all right. Well, let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Lynn Chen, who is an amazing filmmaker, writer, actor, director, voiceover artist. Voiceover. She, she, a blogger. Um, she does it all. She's the coolest. She's so cool. All right. Be right back. 
Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more, like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, Our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Lynn Chen. Lynn, welcome to Forever 35. Thank you. This is beyond exciting for me. I am OG fan, have been listening since the beginning, every single episode, super fan, super excited. Well, that's a real honor. So thank you. Thank Uh, you. Lynn, I'm going to start by reading a lovely bio all about you. Lynn Chen is making her film making debut with I Will Make You Mine, a feature film which she wrote, produced, directed, and stars in. And we'll talk about this because the movie, does it still count? It was making its world premiere at the 2020 South by Southwest Film Festival. But because of coronavirus, that has been put on hold. But we'll get to that. She is best known as an actor with credits in over 50 television shows, films, audiobooks, and video games. Lynn has hosted non-scripted content for outlets like BuzzFeed, Tastemade, Hello Giggles that have seen over 40 million views. She created the blog and podcast, The Actor's Diet and Thick Dumpling Skin, which has won numerous awards, including the blog Her Voices of the Year and the Editor's Choice 
for CBS LA's Most Valuable Blogger. And Lynn has also been a spokesperson for the National Eating Disorders Association, has worked with Time's Up and with the National Organization of Women, and has spoken at Disneyland California, Food and Wine, WonderCon, Stanford, Dartmouth, and Wellesley College. Lynn. Yes. <laughs> I realized we introed you talking about your film that was set to premiere at South by Southwest. And that changed because of the coronavirus pandemic. Can you kind of first give us a background on what's going on? And then can you tell us about this movie, which has been such a massive part of your life? Yeah. Um, so we, I, I feel like South by Southwest was like the first, at least for those of us in Los Angeles, especially those in the entertainment industry, um, the first thing to happen to really make everyone sort of take this seriously. Um, so like, I feel like we were hit first uh, about like a week before everything just started to fall apart. And um, yeah, when it, when it happened, it was, it was, it was shocking and very disappointing considering I had been working on this movie for the last two years and that was supposed to be the world premiere. And um, it was just very disappointing. But that said, there's a lot of good that's come out of it. Uh, first of all, I feel really lucky that my movie will still be seen we signed a distribution deal with Gravitas Ventures before the film festival, which is pretty rare. Um, and so we still will be seen by an audience in May. On May 26th is the date it comes out on video on demand and cable um, on demand and DVD. But um, but it won't have a big screen premiere. Um, and the movie is like very much, it's like a music movie. It's shot in black and white. It's like very um, cinematic because as we filmed it on anamorphic lenses and it, it feels like um, feels very sad that we don't get that audience participation, but it's the way of the world. And, and I feel like um, because we sort of were hit with it first, I had like a week to mourn what was going on and then just really see the seriousness of the state of the world. And, and then just didn't feel personal. I just felt lucky. Yeah, the movie is beautiful in so many ways. Um, and when you say it is cinematic, it really is cinematic. I mean, I I watched it on my computer and I, I was like, I wish I was watching this in a movie theater. Um, but yes, it, it's wonderful that people will still get to see it. Um, and I was kind of wondering about that grieving process, if you could talk about it a little bit, um, how you sort of dealt with this huge disappointment of the movie not premiering when you thought it would. Yeah, I I feel like you know, I've obviously it, it's it is like a grieving process and I feel like I've dealt with two major griefs or losses in my life. Um both of them that I touch upon a little bit in the movie, but the first one was that um, I had wanted to have kids and couldn't. And um, it, it was like three years of trying. And, and finally the decision instead of um, 
deciding to do IVF, we just decided not to have children. And so there was the grief of the identity that mm-hmm. I had had for myself um, growing up. I always thought I was going to be a mom and being with my husband, Abe, who I've been with for 23 years now, like we just always thought we would be parents. So it was yeah. shifting that um, that view that I, th- that I thought was going to happen for myself. So that was like one of the number one um, mornings that I had, which mm-hmm. took years years to um, finally get over, not even get over, but uh, move on from fully. And then, um, and then the second one was the death of my father and which happened in 2012. And, um, you know, a lot of the movie is the movie's dedicated to my father. And there's a whole storyline about a father's death in it. Mm -hmm. And um, my father is the reason this movie got made. Um, We used his uh, half of the budget was, you know, used from money that had been from his savings that my mom generously said, you know, you should have this. So um, I honestly think that you guys and your audience will understand and not think I'm crazy (laughs) when I tell you that part of what helped me get over all of this was um, on like day three of when I found out after we found out South by had been canceled and I was just sort of sitting in the car, like about to get ice cream, really just feeling it, the reality of of everything. I get a text message from my sister-in-law in in New Jersey and she says, hi, um, just went to go see a psychic medium and your father showed up. And he knew about your movie, and he knew it was about him, and he knows you got balayage. <laughs> oh, my God. I got the last part. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Um, my sister-in-law is a, is a nurse in New Jersey. She works in, like, a COVID unit. She's got, like, very serious problems that she wants to talk about with the psychic. But she went to go see... And my father pushed his way through and demanded to talk about me because he, I guess, knew <laughs> that I was really suffering. So, um, yeah. So the psychic in New Jersey, who apparently helps solve crimes um, <laughs> with, the, with the New Jersey police, um, of course, I got her number. Of course, I called her the next day. And of course, the reading was like, not so great in terms of like I, I wanted like more like you know miracles from heaven pouring down yeah. like knowledge bombs dropped but instead what I got was like the same lecture my father's given me my entire life which is so annoying to hear you have to work hard don't give up don't let other people put you down be patient <laughs> like it's just gonna get harder and I was like I, this is horrible but at the same time yeah. there was something very um I don't know uh, I guess in that moment just made me see the bigger picture of it all and trust that like that it wasn't so like it still felt very personal at the time and 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 that it, there was there was a lot more at stake here than just like me and my movie and mm. and and like you know that he's like he had literally moved heaven and earth <laughs> to tell me this so uh i don't know that helped immensely wow. <laughs> um yeah and, you know, it's funny because I'm married to somebody who's pretty skeptical about this stuff. And he was like literally sitting next to me in the car while I'm like getting this text and talking to my my sister-in-law. And he's just like, whatever helps you, whatever helps you get through this. 
Can I, can I wow. ask you a question about um about grief? Because you mentioned two really massive things, which is grieving the loss of an identity you thought you would have and a life you thought you would have, and then also the loss of a parent. And I'm I'm wondering through those two experiences, were there practices, self-care practices that you used to help yourself cope and move forward? Yes. Yes. Which is why I'm obsessed with your podcast, because I am nothing but I guess I don't even know if it's self-care, but just like the way I really watch how I talk to myself. Like you said in my bio, um, I, I'm, I was a or I am a spokesperson for the National Eating Disorders Association. And something that I struggled with for a long time was um, was was eating disorder, specifically binge eating. And it was something that was very deep rooted in just not being kind to myself and living with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and a lot of like, why me? And feeling cursed. And I feel like when I started to consciously shift that narrative and not only just, you know, and it wasn't even just about like standing in front of the mirror and saying nice things to myself because that really didn't work for me, but it was more just, adding things into my life that gave me immense pleasure, uh, like facials, like massages, like clothes, like material things, taking myself on walks, going to see a shrink, taking myself to a movie in the middle of the day, eating popcorn for breakfast, eating ice cream for dinner. You know, like all of these things added up to a new way of thinking about myself and my life and how I, how I deal with things. So, you know, as much as it feels luxuriating to allow yourself to really enjoy these things and pamper yourself, I also really allow myself to feel the, the pain. Cause like, I feel like you can't get through it unless you actually feel it and experience it. So, um, a lot of, a lot of being able to handle that has to, you have to like surround it or, you know, it's like, it's like fluffing up a bunch of pillows so that you can settle into it a little more easily because you know, you're going to have to deal with it anyway. I love that description. Yeah. Same. <laughs> fluffing up a bunch of pillows. That's such a, like a delightfully gentle way of talking about something that's really hard. I wanted to ask about your eating disorders, your eating, your eating disorder. I guess I just wanted to ask about that. Um, I, I've read that you have said that there are kind of unique pressures for first generation Asian Americans when it comes to food. Um, so can you talk a little bit about that? What, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Yeah, when I was in college, I was a woman's studies and music double major. And when I was a women's studies major, we studied eating disorders. And I remember at the time, binge eating wasn't considered an eating disorder. It was just anorexia and bulimia. And, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is, not, this is not a problem for me. This is like, this is a white woman's problem. And um, it just like never occurred to me that the fact that I was like, overeating constantly when I was happy, when I was sad, emotionally eating like that, that was just like normal to me. Um, it, it wasn't until like I went home and I, um, 
I, I was studying eating disorders and my, my family members would say to me things that they've always said to me, like, you've gained weight, but you have to eat all this food. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Asian, I feel like in general, in Asian cultures, there's this big emphasis on food as, as it is in, in many cultures, but there's also this inability to really talk about the things that are going on in our lives, like mm-hmm. actual things. It's, it's almost always not about how you feel or even what you do, but more along, more along the lines of like, <laughs> this is what's happening right now as we speak. Mm. Um, and so because of that, I, I wanted to like, like when my aunt would tell me that I got fat, um, to spite them, I'd be like, you're going to give me an eating disorder and I'm going to eat everything now. <laughs> um, that'll show you. And, and I think in general, I think because Asian Americans, especially if their uh, parents are immigrants, um, they want to please their parents through food. Like that's the language of love. And also there's no barrier when it comes to telling people about uh, how they look. You've gained weight. You've looked, you've, you've lost weight. Um, it's not even, it's not even just like immigrant parents. It's like, sometimes I'll be interviewed by a journalist who's Asian American and they have no problems just Mm -hmm. telling me about how I've gained or lost weight. And, um, it's just like, I, I just feel like it's, it's something that's really embedded in the culture. And, um, and then there's also the piece of, uh, not wanting to speak to quote unquote strangers, which is what my mom always called it when I went to therapy. She was just like, why, why do you have to, why do you have to tell your problems to strangers? You can talk to me about this, but she obviously doesn't want to hear it. Um, so it's also like, there's also the concept of saving face of like not wanting to bring shame upon the family. So like, <laughs> if it sounds like you're um, having problems with your eating and a lot of them are stemming from, you know, societal and familial pressures, then like your family is worried <laughs> that you're going to like talk shit about them mm-hmm. and, and tell the, tell the world that like they haven't raised you right. Basically. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And I feel like, you know, I used to have this, this site called thick dumpling skin that was specifically for Asian Americans dealing with eating disorders. And it was a lot of the same thing. You know, it was a lot of people, mostly women who felt as though they, you know, they had to live up to the stereotype that we see, uh, cause there's not many images of Asian women still, it's getting better, but it's not, it's not great. And almost everyone is, you know, teeny tiny. And, and then you have like, then you have other stereotypes about Asian women, like that they're, they, they can eat whatever they want. You know, like a lot of the, um, competitive eaters, like the black widow. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of her, but like yeah. that they're these teeny tiny Asian women and they'll just like pound all this food and still stay tiny. And, you know, cause we all do karate or whatever. And, um, and that expectation to live up to to that um, is just it's it's impossible and it feels really difficult and and I almost think that um, in some cases from what I've heard in um, like in in other countries like eating disorders are just 
kind of a way of life. They're not even seen as disordered the same way that like binge eating wasn't considered an eating disorder until, you know, like the last decade. Mm. Wow. Um, I also wanted to ask how working in Hollywood has affected your body image and kind of where you are now with it. it you know, when I st- when I had a blog when I, where I posted everything I ate and I, and I had it for 10 years, it came out of a place where um, my, my manager and my agent dropped me both on the same exact day. And <laughs> it was a moment for me. This is also when I was trying to get pregnant. So it was a moment for me where I was like, I know I can get another manager and agent, but I just like don't want to. I, I, I want to see what it's like if I was to try to if I was just trying to try to be a human being that wasn't like feeling the pressure of having to look a certain way mm-hmm. and what would that look like? And also what would it look like if like, I didn't want to get pregnant and then use that as my excuse to like go whole hog mm-hmm. <laughs> on some food, you know, mm-hmm. like I wanted to have that relationship with food beforehand. I knew I didn't want to like pass along any of my insecurities to my kid mm-hmm. and, and have them be the reason why, like I was like finally enjoying myself and then have, I don't know, society or whatever be the reason why I like felt like I needed to lose all this weight. I wanted to be cool with my body before that. Mm. So during that time, when I started to have my blog, um, that was really when I started to not only examine how I was eating and why I was eating and how it made me feel uh, both emotionally and physically. But I started talking to many people about it because, you know, this is back when nobody was taking photos of their food. So, mm-hmm. of course, when I ate with anybody, that's the first thing they wanted to talk about was like, why are you photographing your, your lunch? And mm-hmm. it would always, I'd always end up getting into a conversation with someone. And usually they were um, people in the entertainment business, but they were also just like anyone doctors and lawyers and and teachers and and chefs and people in the food industry and the more i talked to people about my struggle with food the more i realized everyone has issues with food there's nobody who's immune to this mm-hmm. and even people who are the quote unquote experts have become experts because they too struggle with food and wanting to have a new relationship with it and so the second I realized that it just took a lot of pressure off to try to have this perfect diet. This is also the reason why like I'm I'm really conscious about never saying that a food is clean or good for you or bad for you or junk or any of those terms. It just it, it, it's not only I think triggering, but I don't think it's helpful. Yeah. Um so because of that, and I, because I could just see food not as the enemy anymore, my, my eating disorder specialist always told me, like, one day you'll see your eating disorder, like, will still be there, but just won't have power over you. And she was absolutely right. Like, that's sort of what food became. Like, yeah, I still need it. Yeah, like, sometimes it pisses me off. Yeah, sometimes I don't like that I've gained weight or lost it either. But, like, th- like it doesn't have power over me. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. 
not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. And how did you then transition to writing and directing i mean and and producing i mean especially with the your current film you wear every hat imaginable yeah that happened it, so this movie kind of i wouldn't say it fell into my lap because i feel like i willed it into existence but before you know i've been in the industry for a really long time and people had always said to me you know you should write you should produce you should direct and i was always I was always of the feeling of no, because I've been doing this for so long and I struggled for so long that I have zero interest in starting from the bottom again. Uh, and, um, and I just, I love acting so much. I, I just didn't see any point in getting behind the camera when acting roles were coming my way and, and I, and I loved it. But this movie came about because it's the third in a trilogy. So the first two movies were written and directed by Dave Boyle. And there were these like buddy road trip movies that were centered around this guy named Go Nakamura, who's a musician who plays a version of himself. And they were like comedies, but they were dude movies. And I, I was the um, 
I was a love interest in these two movies or one of the love interests in the second movie where there was a love triangle. So there were these three women in this movie, but we didn't know much about them. They just sort of flitted in and out and they always said these cool things and then they disappear as many women in movies centered around men tend to do. And the first two movies went to South by Southwest in 2011 and 2012. And Dave Boyle always said that it was going to be a trilogy, that it was going to be the lowest budget trilogy ever made. And a few years ago, he and I went hiking and I had Marie Kondoed my entire DVD collection and came across the first DVD and it said the trilogy begins. And then the second one said the trilogy continues. So um, I just asked him casually, like, I'm not doing anything. You want to finish that trilogy? And he said no. (laughs) And I just immediately like. I I was so upset because uh, not only because I wanted a job, but because I wanted to find out what happened. He sort of left each movie with a cliffhanger ending. And I just felt like that wasn't fair. I wanted to know what happened to these characters. And I was always a fan of these characters in these movies. So I don't know why I said it, but something within me called me to say, what if I make it happen? What if I do this? And he said to me, I will help you make it happen if you want to do it and it's yours. And I just saw that as an opportunity and I just leapt forward. You know, like I feel like because I've had a blog and because I had a podcast, I knew that a lot of it requires just doing it yourself, just saying you're going to do it and then actually doing it instead of waiting. So I wrote that script, um, the next day, actually, on a plane ride to Thanksgiving with uh, Abe's family to Boston. And I wrote half the script there, and I wrote the rest of the script while I was in Boston for Thanksgiving. And then I finished the first draft on the plane ride back. And I sent it to him, and he said, this is great. Let's keep working on it. And, um, you know, we were looking for investors. But again, I was like, I just, I want to just do this. And I, I want to, like, not have to ask permission. I want to have control over this. I also felt like, you know, at the time I was about to turn 40 or I was, I had just turned 40 actually. And I just knew that like Hollywood actors or actresses, especially in particular, especially women of color, like you just get forgotten about. And I just kind of felt like this was a very unique opportunity that I couldn't let pass up. I, I felt like I needed to like really put my all into it and not just put my all into it because I wanted to see it get made, but because like I wanted to like express myself for the first time truly and not have anyone sort of, um, I didn't want to feel like the pressure of like an investor or anything, um, to, to have to answer to. So that's why I ended up producing it. And the reason I was in it was because I had been in the other two. And, um, the reason I wrote it was because no one else was going to, and the reason I directed it was because nobody else <laughs> it wouldn't have made sense for anybody else to do it. So by that time, like it just sort of like, yeah, it just felt like it happened and it happened really quickly. But even so, like each, each step of the way, even though I really believed in my movie, um, it still was very clear that like a, a festival like South by Southwest probably wasn't going to accept a first time filmmaker. And, um, it still felt like very, very, very far away. Um, and, and I was okay with that because I, I'm used to, I'm used to disappointment and I'm used to like trying and not having things happen. But, um, so when, so when it did, when we did get accepted, it was, 
it was really like quite unbelievable for me. And, um, and it was a moment for me to, that, to, to realize I had to like stop my narrative of like nothing good ever happens to me (laughs) that like, that I try so hard and like, like, like I never get recognized. Um, I had, I realized like that that wasn't true anymore. And, and so it's been really exciting, all of this. Like, we've been getting good reviews, and people seem to like the movie. And so I hope that when it comes out in May, like, people do end up seeing it. Um, but at the same time, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not really expecting anything. I don't know. I guess I don't know what to expect. And I've been in this industry long enough to, like, know what it feels like to, um, to be disappointed, uh, even though you think you your hope that you, you, you could have more. So that's why I'm just like, I feel like the whole, the whole process of making this movie has been this experiment and just like putting out my best work and hoping that people relate to it. Sounds like it also is a time of really channeling a lot of your own power and self-confidence and like, and trust in yourself that you can I mean, was that an experience for you or did you already have all that? I feel like I, I in theory had that, but not in practice. And this movie was a real moment for me. Not only, I mean, the movie itself is about three women who are struggling with aging. Um, So I should say that I took the three characters from the first two movies and I'm telling the story from their perspective now. And because of that, I knew that like already I couldn't be compared that compared that much to the first two movies because it was solely my voice and um, it was being told from a feminine perspective and that my my voice was unique and that um, it was valid and that um, and that that was enough. But you know, a lot of making this movie, I feel like it was the story that I felt like I needed to hear because it's also about getting older and remembering who you used to be and like, and letting that past go, but also like realizing that like a lot of, I feel like a lot of us feel like there's an expiration date on our dreams, myself included. And this, which is probably why, like, as I was, in my forties, like feeling like I got to do this. I got to do this now, you know, while my back is still good, while my mind is still clear, while I still have like, you know, people like who think I like, who think I like have some validity to me because I'm not like an old person yet. Um, and you know, because this, this, this industry is so like youth obsessed. Um, it was almost like a way for me to, to do that, but also kind of to prove not only to myself, but like kind of to others that like, it isn't too late. And, um, that was, that was a huge reason why, like, I felt like I needed to do it not because I had the confidence in it, but almost like I just, I just had to try because if I wasn't going to try now, I knew I never would. And, you know, going back to the whole infertility thing, like a lot of this movie, I think, one of the things that really helped me, um, me and Abe get over, um, 
the fact that we were never going to become parents was like, okay, well, that's not our reality. But what is our reality? Our reality is that we have a lot of freedom. And I'm not going to sit back and take advantage of that freedom, even though like, I really want to just be at home all the time, like I am right now. But, um, but like, we wanted to take advantage of, you know, get being able to travel and, and, and making this movie was a huge part of that too, was like, I don't think, you know, if I had a college fund to be saving up for that, I'd be putting all this money and time and energy into something that was so unknown. Mm. Um, can we com- kind of switch gears and ask you about your skincare routine? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> this, so I have to say I had acquired up until two weeks ago, quite a skincare routine, quite a skincare routine. <laughs> I mean, Everything and and everything I've learned, I owe to you. <laughs> wow! Oh really? No. Everything. Yes. What? Everything. Everything I've learned about serums, I've learned from you. Um, I was masking. I was gua shying. I had my missiler, missilar, um, going. When I went to France, I went to the pharmacies. Um, <laughs> all of these things is because of the Forever 35 per podcast. And I was loving it. I was getting facials on the reg. Like, it was it was really great. I had incorporated um, retinols <laughs> into my, my wow. regime. Um, I was feeling pretty good. And, 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 and it, I was really enjoying the, um, the 10 steps that I had in the morning and the 10 steps I had at night. It was very soothing, and I absolutely loved it. However, I will say, two weeks ago, I started breaking out on my chin out of nowhere. Mm. I had no idea what it was. Of course, I couldn't like go see a doctor, so I did a self-diagnosis. <laughs> Not a good idea. <laughs> I like First, I was like, oh... I have fungal acne. Went and like got like <laughs> went and got dandruff shampoo. <laughs> put it oh, on my face. Lynn. Oh, that, no, Lynn. that was not good because I, I don't think I have fungal acne. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, oh my long gosh. story I am, short, <laughs> I am loving this. Okay, keep going. I think I have a, what's called peroreal dermatitis. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. It just shows up around your mouth, comes up with stress. Um, sometimes it comes up because you've been using an inhaler a lot, and which I have because I've been freaking out about the coronavirus and like my lung, the state of my lungs. So, um, cause I'm asthmatic. So, um, yeah, I started breaking around, uh, around, out around my mouth. So what I ended up doing and what I read the treatment was, was basically, to do nothing. Like the less you can do, the better. And to use a little bit of salicylic acid. So my regime went from 10 steps down to splashing my face with water during the day and putting on like, um, I use like first aid beauty cream, which is like for eczema, which I had been smearing on my body, by the way, but, uh, but I, I couldn't find anything else that was like free of everything. Cause I was using so many oils, which apparently isn't good for this. So I use like my body cream on my face. Mm. 
And then, um, and then at night, I was washing my face with honey, which my friend, I have a friend named Lily Diamond, who's, um, she, she's a food blogger, but she's also a natural wellness, uh, blogger. Her mom used to, um, she used to be like a natural beauty expert in Hawaii. So she had written a lot of articles that went viral about washing your face with just honey, uh, cause it's antibacterial and it balances your pH. So I started to do that. And within a week, everything cleared up. And now I'm frightened. I'm like, I like, I, my, I have so many products that I just want to like go back and touch, but I'm, but I'm frightened. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, my understanding was that chin acne is generally hormonal. I know it is for me. It's also, it also spread like it was like chin and then like spread to the up, like the upper lip. It like, mm-hmm. it like mooned around. That's when I freaked out. Like at first I was like, whatever, I can handle a red chin. But the second it started like going into the mustache area, I was like, no, no, no. This looks like a bad, <laughs> like waxing experiment. And I cannot have this. Even if I'm only doing Zoom meetings. <laughs> Do you, yeah. do you wear, are you wearing any makeup right now? Or is that all, are you also abstaining? I am anything? abstaining from makeup, but I did have three auditions this week and a, and a meeting that I had to put makeup on for. And I just avoided that area because it's bumpy. And I just like, didn't feel like it was worth it. But you can see, it like looks like I ate a popsicle or something. And like, if you look... If you look, you can see like there's something going on over there. I told I told Abe to like tape it from like far back. I was like I was like no close-ups. Just go back. Oh my gosh. And maybe this is the answer. Maybe your skincare routine is not a lot of skincare. And maybe that's going to be it for now. Yeah. I mean definitely for now, but oh man, I miss I miss it. I love the process of like each step because what it was, was the main thing it was doing for me was it was marking the beginning of the day and marking the end of the day. It's like when you've done 10 steps in the morning, you are not going to crawl back into bed. Like it's just not going to happen. Right, right, you're going right, to, you're right. going to like go into the kitchen and start making breakfast because, because you're on your way. Yeah. I have crawled yeah. right back into bed after my two steps. <laughs> Almost every single day. <laughs> I'm like, ah, that wasn't so hard. Let's just get back into bed. But that was also like the end of the day, you know, like when you're removing, because usually I'd be wearing makeup during the day. Once I've done like the entire step, like that's it. Like we're done. We're staying in. It's bedtime. It's cozy time. Yeah. And it really felt like, you know, like it, it felt great because like you need that, like this is what I'm missing so much right now. You need that mark marking of the beginning and the end of the day what was your like if you were going to recommend or rave about a product pre uh this breakout what would be your pick i mean i love Supergoop. i feel like their sunscreens just have a cool consistency to them and i love that there's so many different types of them i like their serum i like the unseen sunscreen i like their buckhorn hand cream. I like the like mist that you can use after you've put on all your makeup to set it. I like the powder that you can put on top of everything. I like the eye eye makeup. All of this. I haven't worn any sunscreen though. 
because I only go out for two walks and I don't want to break out. But um, I do like Supergoop a lot. I feel like Supergoop, I mean, I love Supergoop too. And I feel like it comes up all the time. So many, it's, it's such a, it's such a fave. Well, it feels good because like sunscreen, that's the problem with a lot of sunscreens is you put it on and it just feels tacky or sticky or it doesn't feel nice going on. Yeah. Like even like with the unseen sunscreen, like it's such, it's like a primer. It just feels cool Mm -hmm. when you're spreading it on. Um, And, and when you have it on lying on your skin, it does not feel like, you know, it, it doesn't feel like you want to wash it off immediately. Right. Totally. Well, Lynn, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you. I feel like we could talk for another two hours. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And we're so excited for your movie. And can you tell our listeners where they can find you and where they'll be able to watch I Will Make You Mine? Yes. So you can find me at lynnchen.com. I have all the links to social media. I'm very active on social media. And then... um, I will make you mine.com is where you can pre-order the movie. Uh, it comes out May 26th everywhere that you would stream a movie, but you can pre-order it now on Apple TV or iTunes. And if you pre-order it, um, because I have all of these postcards that I was going to bring with me to South by Southwest that will no longer be used, I'm going to mail postcards. So if you. Oh, that's so cool. If you do that and you live in the U.S., I will send you a postcard. And it's a, it's, it's a cute little postcard. I would want it. I want it. Sold. So I'm going to pre-order your movie. Awesome. Even though I've already watched it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks again, Lynn. And yeah, Lynn. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank this you, ladies. So All right. Well... Lynn is Lynn is truly an inspiration. Yeah, I mean we're we're very lucky that we've gotten to know her in real life. Yes, um, and I have been really um, just in awe watching her work on this on this film and really take like take a creative risk because it's not it's not a risk but like really like challenge herself Mm -hmm. and do something that like, I I often get scared away by my creative dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, I talk myself out of them and I feel like she, she just like faced her goals and went for it. And her film is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful. She's, she's amazing. I'm really glad we got the chance to have her on the show and she's, and she listens to the pod, which is really fun. She does. (laughs) It's always, it's always fun to like get to chat to someone who, who like also has heard us be very weird on here. Yeah. <laughs> to totally. like know what they're getting into. Totally, totally, totally. So for intentions this week, Dory, we were both curating our news intake. Mm-hmm. How did how did that go for you? So it's going better, I would say. Not looking at my iPad first thing in the morning has really helped. Like really helped. Um and I will periodically look throughout the day, but I think just like starting my day without doing that makes such a difference to me. So I'm feeling good about it. I, I haven't placed any further restrictions on myself because that seems to have solved the biggest problem for me, which was kind of like feeling like my day had just gotten off to like an icky start. 
Yeah, yeah. How about you? That's really great. Thank you. I have been making an effort to get my news from uh, from like my online newspapers that I have access to mm-hmm. as opposed to what I was doing, which was going on to our Forever 35 Twitter account and then looking at the trending topics and then like panic clicking on things and just getting like worked up and reading a lot of like hot takes in every direction and just getting like kind of spiraling. And I, I find like when I just like check my news sources or I'll check even the news tab on my iPhone, it's just more like, well, this is what's happening. And then I'll check it again in like three hours. And it's like, hey, this is still what's happening. Where I feel like if you access the news via something like Twitter, it, it makes you feel like the news is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. When like, actually, it's just a million different people weighing in with like opinions in under 200 words. So that has been good. Um, and I need to keep working on it, especially because it correlates with my sleeping issues, I think. So mm. it feels like a work in progress. But I did really I did really feel like every time I read the news, I did so in a more thoughtful manner this week, which was just kind of interesting to like observe myself. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm working on it. I felt pretty good about it. What do you have going on this week? Okay, well, I don't know if this is going to be attainable, but this week I would like to figure out how to get some actual alone time, like mm-hmm. alone, alone. I don't know if that means like driving my car to a parking lot and just like sitting there for an mm-hmm. hour. I don't know if that means like making everyone leave my house to walk the dog and I just like lay on the floor. I I just need some physical space and I feel kind of like a asshole saying that um, because obviously I love my family and my husband and even my, my little dog. But there is just like, I also really create, I don't think I realized how much I needed solitude, true solitude mm. before. And that has been, you know, being in our house for the past two months, over two months together. Okay. Um, it's with, okay yes. to want, it's okay to want alone time. <laughs> Thank you. I I agree. It's just has been, you know, I've just been kind of like working through my, like, how do I express it to my family? Because normally when it comes out, I'm like, just leave me alone. Stop touching me. And like, I think it would be better to be like, hey, everybody, I'm going to go like, I need to just take a minute to myself to like read quietly and sit with my thoughts. I'll be back in an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to just figure out how to get it because it's very hard to get it in a global pandemic when we're supposed to shelter at home. Yes, totally. Well, I hope you can find some. Thank you. How 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 are you intentioning this week? What so, is it? well, I I referenced this earlier in the show when you were talking about how having a clean bedroom is helpful for sleep. I need to clean my bedroom. It's been a disaster pretty much since we moved in because it's it's pretty much the only room that's like not fully unpacked. Are there still boxes? There's in it? there's a box in the room. There is one box. There's like piles of stuff. My husband's clothes are always everywhere. Like it's just a mess. It's just a mess. And like mm. I hate it. I feel like it like it's not it doesn't make my bedroom a, a comforting happy place that I want it to be. And I I need I need that to change. So my intention this week is to clean my bedroom. I'm going to also try to do this. Great. I'm going to I'm going to double it up. Great. Double it up. You can do yeah, that cuz 
Mine is a mess. And I agree, like, it really makes me feel more calm when it is clean. Totally. Well, Dory. Yes, Kate. Always. a. It's a pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure. It truly is, though. It really is. It's fun to talk about this stuff with you. Yeah, same. Um, butt masks never 35 forever. <laughs> yeah, although, like, what if I try another butt mask? I mean, we might be going to butt masks sometimes. <laughs> butt masks sometimes. <laughs> 35 forever. Doesn't have quite the same ring to it, but... No, we, it feels very wishy-washy. We can like, workshop oh. it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, like butt masks. All right. <laughs> Well, we're we're working on it, everybody. Yep. It is a work in progress. Like ourselves. Until then. <laughs> That's true. You know what? Like ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I do want to mention that this show, Forever 35, is hosted and produced by you, Doria Shafrir, and mm-hmm. me, Kate Spencer. And it is produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. And we are so grateful to have you listening. Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.